Now, just before I do my recap, I want you to start thinking of any questions that you might have for where we've got to so far in the series. So I want you to think, is there anything that we've looked at that still feels like a loose end, that you're not clear on yet? So we've, so we've done some sessions on money. Before that, we've talked about the crown. Um, whose crown is it anyway? And before that, we've done the introduction to the, the series. So I want you to be thinking about um, any questions that you've got. And after the recap, I'm going to give you a minute to either send me a text or write it on a piece of paper and um, submit that question. Because next week, we're going to have a review Sunday. So it's kind of a pause in the, in the series, which is going pretty fast at the moment. We're throwing a lot at you. And um, there'll be an opportunity for us to reflect on some of those things that we're not quite clear on. We'll have a um, panel of experts to deal with your questions. Um, so, the normal radical... We're called to live our normal lives radically, and our values are as radical today as when we first discovered them. We're called to rediscover and reapply those values, and we've got permission to deconstruct and reconstruct our expressions. Now, we we do expect there to be a bit of a lag between when we do a presentation about one of our values to where we actually get to see it implemented in your life. And so don't don't feel overwhelmed when we're throwing lots of questions and ideas. We, we kind of expect that it's going to take a little time for it to be processed and put through. And I think in your groups, you might choose to take a longer time to, to really think through, how are we going to live this out in our real lives? But it is important that we do share the breakthroughs that we're seeing. So uh, Dad mentions about uh, Tuesday, the prayer meeting. It was a really powerful time, but the thing that lots of people were saying was powerful was when we used our corporate testimonies to do battle with, with the blockages and the obstacles for, that were stopping us accessing our adventure. When we could say, oh, that was, that, that was Vivian's testimony. I'm going to use that testimony to conquer that, that fear or that anxiety. So I do encourage you to keep sharing testimonies amongst each other. But next Sunday, we're going to have a whole chunk of time for you to, share, for you to be saying, this is the breakthrough that I've seen in my life. So please do keep those coming. So our first session was the Welcome to the Normal Radical. And we looked at a video about um, what should we have and what shouldn't we have. We had our fake newsletter and we introduced story time. And the week after that, we had, whose crown is it anyway? And we, we looked at the question of what pleases him. And that's the question we need to use to stop being monkeys that just do what we've been taught to do because we've been taught to do it. We looked at what it was like to have the crown and not have the crown. And then you're dependent on someone else feeding you. And we approached the idea of giving up your crown means you don't get to do what you want to do. And that can be incredibly stressful. Then last time we've looked at money on my mind. We approached questions about when do you repay, repay the loans? And there are different conditions. Do, do you change your actions based on the situation changing? We looked at a scenario about Trudy, about was it wrong to want financial security? We, we asked the question, does God supply our luxuries as well as our needs? Or can we only expect him to supply our needs? We looked at a scenario of Paul who wanted to save up to buy his hi-fi system, 
And he had to decide whether he could then afford to go on the church holiday. What got priority? We discussed that everything belongs to him, both the 10% that we tithe and the 90%. We discussed the idea that what you choose to spend your money on is ultimately what you value. We discussed... um, yeah, a number of people came out of this series saying, you know what, I need someone to help me sort out my finances, to help me budget. We looked at the idea that it's not just the out- outside, but God wants the inside. And we also discussed the idea, do we love someone enough to deal with the real issue and not throw money at the problems? Then feedback from the groups, we had these tweets I'd like to build up my tithe to the 10% incrementally. Is that okay? We decide that we need to be more open about our financial struggles and then think as a group how we might respond. One group has even taken on that commitment to give whenever asked for 30 days. So if you've not put in your request to Dave Newman's group, now's the time to do it. And there was the question of, never even thought about responsibility being financial to each other. Last week we had a workshop, and during the workshop we looked at the kitchen bin. We asked a question, is it okay? And some of the, is it okay, that questions that came through were fantastic, and we're still working on them, and even some of the leaders are looking at them now. Is it okay that we can ask questions during the message on Sundays? That we can't ask questions. Well, I'm changing that already because I'm about to ask you questions. Or to give me your questions. Is it okay that most community projects are spearheaded by women? Is it okay that we have an integration team to welcome our visitors? Then we thought about how do we redesign our expression of our values around money? We had questions like, we have people who right now want to live locally but can't afford to. Is that okay? And we looked at what is our response to these kind of questions as a church, as a group, and as individuals. A number of groups are still working on those things. So, now, I'm going to give you one minute to write down your question. You can write it on a piece of paper. If you want paper, put your hands up, and the stewarding team will supply you with pens and a paper. If not, you can text me... um, and once you've finished writing down your text, uh, sorry, writing your, down your question on paper, pass it along to your left and the stewards will collect it from the end of the row. So your minute starts now. Okay, right. So when you, when you finish writing down your question, pass it along to the left or your left. Uh, pass it to your left. Yeah, pass it that way. And the stewards will get it from the end of the rows. Um, But during the week, if you've got questions that come up, just put it on the Facebook site. We want to try and get some kind of discussions going on that. So keep keep an eye on the Facebook site. But sometimes it will come up in conversation. Oh, I don't know the answer to that. Or I'm I'm unclear on that situation. Post it. And then we're going to collect those. And next Sunday we're going to have the panel that's going to um, look to deal with some of these questions. The other thing, as I mentioned, we're going to be asking... Where have you seen signs of the spirit adventure taking root in this community? It's very exciting to hear just a tip of the iceberg on Tuesday. But I want you to be thinking and even posting on the Facebook site things that you're seeing 
that show that, and then we can make sure that we're as quick as possible catching those, those up and sharing them on Sunday. Okay, right, so, are you being served? Some of you will know a reference to that. Probably if you're under 35, you won't have any idea what that's about. But they've just recreated it, haven't they? One episode, and it, and it flopped, did it? Okay. So, let's uh, have a little look about what we've been taught on camera. Can you choose one of the following? Most people serve because they see a need. Most people serve because someone asks them to. Or most people serve because they enjoy serving. Most people serve because they see a need. I think most people enjoy serving. They see a need. I think most people serve because they see a need. Most people serve because someone asks them to. Because they've been asked to. Because they see a need. Most people serve because someone asks them to. Is it okay to serve reluctantly to grin and bear it? No, it isn't okay. No, you should do it from your heart because you believe God wants you to. I think it's important to keep your promises, but you can ask God to change your heart. No, because you should do it with a heart. No, if you are not serving with a true heart, it's best not to serve in that, in that line. No, it can happen, but I think that through serving, God changes your heart. No, if your heart isn't in the right place, you shouldn't be doing it. Should someone who's a plumber and in the church expect to be paid if called on by a member of the church? Yes, I should think so. I think so, yes. It's someone's skill and profession, and they should be rewarded accordingly. It's really up to that individual, but they shouldn't be expected to do the work for free. Everybody spends time and money training and that, that they should be rewarded for putting it into practice. It's entirely up to them whether or not they want to charge. I've personally not charged people because of just being gracious and doing it for them. I think if they're called on, then it's the plumber's decision whether they want to be paid or not. Yeah, I think so. It says in the Bible, like a worker is worth their wages. Hey, so, some thoughts there. You might have agreed, you might have disagreed. Okay, so we're moving on. Now, WhatsApp is a, a platform lots of us use when it comes to coordinating between our groups, um, getting thoughts and things like that. Now, this is a hypothetical situation. I want you to just have a look at this and see if this might ever have come up in one of your groups. You might have someone like Mel here. Hi all, Betty needs someone to, to help move her and her children out of a temporary house on Saturday. She gets a reply from Dot. We'll be praying for a solution. <laughs> Jerry answers, we'll pray. Terry says... Hey everyone, check out this kitten doing chin-ups on YouTube. Shane says praying with a little emoticon. And then Philip the Practical, has she thought about getting a moving van? Now, they're all engaging. They're all responding in some way. How often do you think we miss opportunities to serve in a deeper way. I don't know if this happens in, in any of our groups, but 
it's just easy to see how something like that can happen. You, you get a question and you give a response. But how do we really serve? What does God require of us when it comes to serving? So that's what we're going to try and unpack a little bit today. We're going to do a scenario. So um, what we do... Uh, let's do this first bit together and then we'll break into groups. So, scenario one, part one. Brian is a servant leader. He is always available to offer advice to members of his church. He's holding down a demanding job in the city. Recently, his wife Susan has been struggling with health problems. So Brian has had the weight of the household jobs in his evenings as well, such as cooking, cleaning, and helping the children with their homework. (laughs) But he's still able to get to the prayer meetings and development group. The Wi-Fi in his house has gone in the blink, and he's still up at 1am watching YouTube videos of how to fix it. He's using 3G, okay, on his... Didn't kind of see that one when I put it up. Yeah. Ah, no, it's 3G, 3G. That's what I do when, when I'm in certain rooms that don't have Wi-Fi access. <coughs> oh, everyone's a critic here, aren't they? Okay. Um, any suggestions? What are some of the ways that you could serve Brian? Okay, so... So help do a rotor for the practical challenges that, that he's got in the household, such as the cooking, the cleaning, and children's homework. Andy? Okay, so take the kids from school to your house to do homework. Good. Okay, if you're able to help fix the Wi-Fi. Okay, so actually bearing some of his, his weight in the church as well. Okay, good. Yeah, thinking it's not just about him and his household, but also the people that he looks after. Chris? Take his wife to the hospital. Take his wife to the hospital if she needs it, or the doctor, or anything like that. Yeah? Gwyn? Okay. All right, so try and give him time that he can spend with her. Pray for Susan, okay? See, if, if you were in the WhatsApp group, you would have already been praying for her by now. Richard. Okay. Yeah. Find out what where, where the needs are that he wants to be met. Josiah. Okay. Yeah. Do, do some cooking. Yeah. Any other things that no one's mentioned? Daniel. Okay. Just checking up on him. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's probably a fair bit of stress and difficulty that he's under. Okay. There's there's some good suggestions there. All right. Now. Um, Let me read the next bit out, and then I want you to get into groups of five or six. So just let me read this, and then you you can do that. Okay, so there is a computer network expert, Jerry, in the church, but Brian feels uncomfortable about asking him for help. He is a leader, and it's his job to serve. He especially isn't prepared to ask for Jerry's help because he doesn't know him very well. He hasn't served Jerry before. He feels it would be taking liberties because he hasn't built up enough credit with Jerry. 
So your questions are, are any of Brian's reasons for not contacting Jerry justified and why? Should we only ask to be served by those who we have previously served? Okay, in groups of five or six, you've got about five minutes. Okay, right. You guys all smile much more when you're looking at each other. Right. Who wants to give um, some answers there? Maybe we can have uh, Rich, are you okay to run the mic? Okay, so are there any reason, are any of Brian's reasons for not contacting Jerry justified why? Sedi. I think that it's okay that um, you can ask for help in the church because obviously, you know, your community. But I can see where he's coming from when he doesn't feel, want to because, like, if you don't really talk to someone and then you need help with something and then after it's done, you don't talk to them again. It's kind of like you're using them. So are you saying he should be able to ask, but you would, you would sympathise with him feeling awkward? Yeah. Because he doesn't really know him. Okay. Others. Uh, any of Brian's reasons justified? Peter. Um, we said no, um, and you could use the opportunity of having him round to serve as an opportunity to get to know him and to build that relationship. Mm. Cunning Peter. Okay, Neil? Someone in our group was saying that uh, Brian might be kind of using his position to kind of curry favour like with Jerry if he's asking for questions he's asking to be served but he happens to be the leader of the church or one of the main leaders he might he might use that position in in a wrong way so he might be reluctant to do that because of that okay Uh, the that was a really important point trust your group to make it even more complicated (laughs) how busy how busy is Jerry Okay, so... How busy is Jerry? Is Jerry running around fixing everyone's computers? Okay, all right. So you're raising some questions be. there. None, none of those are Brian's reasons, but possibly the concern could be that maybe Jerry's too busy and Jerry always says yes and it puts Jerry under stress and so it wouldn't be fair to Jerry on that side. Or maybe it's Brian's thinking... People are going to think that I'm using people because I'm a leader here, so let me not have any hints of that by not asking. Okay, Avril? We said Brian's reasons weren't justified, but at the same time, people who are being asked to serve, it's okay to say no. Okay. So there has to be that atmosphere where you can say, no, I can't. Okay. All right, so he doesn't get kicked out of the church if he says no. Okay. Uh, Julie? We also said no, no justification. However, there was some discussion about um, the, the thing where, on your wording, you say he hasn't built up enough credit with Jerry. And um, I know that there is sometimes a reluctance to ask people that I'm not in a direct relationship with. Obviously, I'm in connection with them because we're in this church community together. And that there's a kind of a comfort zone for me around, or people I know, beyond the house group, but people I know, and then other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> recognising that actually sometimes um, there's a balance between um, wanting something for nothing 
and being reluctant to pay anybody. So I'm asking somebody in the church, which can be a diff, you know, wrong motivation. And equally recognizing that we're in this together mm-hmm. and my needs can be met by drawing on the wealth of the community. Mm-hmm. So it's holding those yeah. intentions. Okay, yeah. So there's, there could be motives in, in uh, Brian's position where you think no, that's, that's not the thing. If you're just trying to avoid having to spend any money, that might not be the, the right position. But if, quite a few groups have said, no, he's not justified. Who's going to be honest and put up their hand and say they would actually sympathise with Jerry and find it a little bit awkward to, to ask? I'm putting my hand up. This isn't just modelling. Sorry, Brian. Yeah, so, so even though we can say, no, they're not ju- he's not justified, we all think, actually, I do that, or I think that, or I, I have that, that issue. Okay, right, we're going to jump on to the next, next part of the scenario. Part three. Sandra offers to babysit. So that Brian would have time with Susan, but instead Brian ends up taking friends to the airport. Sandra is upset by Brian's last minute change of plan because this wasn't why she offered to help. Is it okay that Sandra is upset? Does Brian's action raise a concern? Okay, you've got four minutes. Discuss. Okay, right. All right, I want, um, I want an answer from a Eureka age person and a 16, uh, 16 plus age person. I'm seeing that there's some small people ducked down over here that I've just got my laser pointer right on the forehead there. Sam, anything from your group? We said that Brian's too much of a yes man and he needs to kind of like stick to what he's going to do, not just say yes to everyone who asks. Okay, so what, why, why does that concern you, Sam, that he says yes to everything? Um, so he can actually like sort out what he's doing and not like doing a, having a constant change of plan and yeah, and okay. for his wife as well. Okay, so he's not looking after his wife. He's got his kind of priorities muddled because he's always saying yes to everything. Okay, 16 plus age. You're not... Okay, between 16 and 18. Okay, Lydia. Yeah, we said very similar, like maybe he is just saying yes too much because if we serve to show God's heart, then we should still hear God on it. We shouldn't just say yes immediately without... Asking God, should we be serving? Okay, so you're questioning if there was a waiting on God to know if that was the right thing for him to do. Okay? All right, da- Daniel's about to wet himself, so if you take the mic to Daniel. Um, we'd like to know what's happened to Susan. Because either she's in the car and thus having a romantic date, or she's hanging out with Sandra anyway. Mm. Okay. Um, yep, we will never know. Because I didn't write that part of the scenario. Okay, is it John Cole's got an answer there? He's, he looks reluctantly, but got two people either side pointing at him. I don't really think it was an answer. It was just another way of looking at it. If, if the people that were being taken to the airport were just some close friends, or if it was JS, would that make it any different? Or, so, or someone going on a... 
or any other ministry trip kind of thing. Okay, so playing the leadership card there, like, like Neil was worried about, could that have got a better response? Okay, uh, Sue. If I was Sandra, I'd be very upset and I'd be calling Brian out. Why ain't he looking after his wife properly? Okay. So, so that would be... <laughs> it's just mainly wives clapping to that. Okay, who have we, who have we not had? I, let's have uh, Dave over there. I think uh, looking at the bigger picture... I think God's trying to challenge Brian's view on life because he's very good at serving, but he's not actually very good at receiving help. And mm-hmm. I think he's putting him in that situation that he needs to ask for help. And um, I think maybe there might be a few issues at home as well. He's trying to avoid the wife as well. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. Good. Some, some good, good answers there. I think looking at, looking at this scenario, the things that kind of stick out to me... Um, First of all, we've got to see with uh, Brian that there's a, a willingness to be served, and that is serving in itself. And his reluctance to, to ask Jerry earlier for, for help, could that be a sign of pride that I can, I can do this myself, I can manage, I can struggle through? Oh, I, I can't ask you to help me, or, or even the I'm not good enough to be served is actually pride in itself. It's just inverse pride. The idea of serving in context of relationship, I think uh, kind of Peter's group uh, nailed the point that I wanted to. Yeah, it's awkward to try and ask someone that you don't know to come and do something because you need a job done. But if we're about relationship, then using the job to build relationship. So inviting Jerry over, and the Wi-Fi gets fixed as a byproduct of actual focus of, I want to get to know Jerry. In this particular thing, I think I can understand Sandra being upset. And I think we always are vulnerable to being abused when we choose to serve. But you remember when we looked at our objections to some of those articles in the newsletter? We can object for lots of reasons, and that might, by coincidence, be right that we object to them but we can object for the wrong reasons. So if Sandra's upset because that wasn't what she wanted, that's not the question that we've got to answer. The question is, what pleases him? And what pleases God in this situation is that Sandra is looking to invest in Brian. So if she's upset because, Brian, this isn't good for you, and this isn't good for your marriage, this is why I've offered to do it, that is about honouring what God would want in Brian's life. If it's, well, that's not what I... You're, you're abusing my servant, servanthood. That's not God's heart. That's about her defence and her self-protection. I think there are some questions that I would be asking Brian. Of, are you purposely avoiding time with your wife? <laughs> I think we've got to ask those kind of questions of each other. What, what is this? Could it be that he's too overwhelmed by the sight of his wife suffering? And it's easier to get out or leave that with someone else, which is challenging. Or are there unresolved issues there that that need some help with? Does he have a need to be needed? Is that why he says yes to everything? Because that's where he finds his value and not in what God says of him. Finally, I'd say that 
if Brian has accepted Sandra's help on the basis it's so that he can spend time with his wife, then he's, he's broken the terms of that, that agreement by changing the, the plans last minute. Remember when we were talking about repaying money and the situation changing? And we said, well, to have integrity and honor, you've got to go back to the person that you've made the arrangement with and discuss with them. And so if, if an emergency came up and Brian went back to Sandra and said, look, this has come up and had a conversation about it, I'm sure that that would have resolved the issue rather than just last minute dropping it on her. Okay, so that's, that's some... We're using these scenarios to help explore what our values are and what they can look like. But right now, Anthony's going to come teach us. Come on, Anthony. Well, now, I've been asked in just 10 minutes to share with you our key teaching and the essential principles uh, that we live by in terms of serving. So, let us look no further then. Seaward Day. I think it's much easier if we just uh, summarise uh, uh, this, really. Uh, this is the first Sunday of October, right? Yeah? So we, we all know about this, yeah? No? No? Okay. So uh, first Sunday in October, throughout the world, hundreds of millions of people right now are celebrating Seaward Day, and it's all about serving. Um, uh, in fact, it's an act of kindness without expectation, a universal concept which involves performing an act of kindness without any expectation of reward. It's about sacrificing your time and sacrificing your resources for the benefit of others without wanting anything in return. That's good, isn't it? That's all right. That sounds good. Yeah? So why don't we just do this then? Let's join in with all the others. Celebrate Seaward Day and we can have our serving done then, yeah? But perhaps acts of Christian service are a bit more radical than that. Let's remind ourselves with a picture of some street signs. Okay, just to check you're still paying attention. Right, we'll do it this way. Signs with a blue background mean what? Sorry? Yes. Positive instruction. Okay, signs with a blue background are positive instructions. So let us remind ourselves when it comes to serving, what are the positive instructions that we're given here? Okay, first of all, our serving is a lifestyle. Not just a day to celebrate. It's not just a bunch of tasks. Not just a set of attitudes. Not even regular patterns of good behaviour. It's a lifestyle. It's a consistent part of who we are. It just bubbles up and seeps out. That's radical. That goes way beyond Seaward, eh? Another positive instruction, our serving should come from a revelation of relationship. What does that mean? Well, serving for us, it's more than just a learned skill. It's more than just acquired knowledge. That's what serving is out there. It's a learned skill. You can acquire some knowledge, you can serve. We say, no, it's more than that. 
It comes from a revelation. In other words, God imparts something himself to us. And it's got to do with relationship. Because our serving comes from the basis of who we are in God. And we are his heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ. So when we have that impartation and that revelation, that changes everything. Our serving is in the model of Jesus. As John started with that passage this morning, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So our serving also is in his image to be servants. And also, we can't do it on our own. All the people celebrating Siwa Day, they may have great energy and optimism and diligence and skills, but we have got a different source behind our serving, and it's the grace of God himself. Signs with red triangles mean? Hazard or? Warning. Warning, thank you. Yes, warning, okay. So our serving comes with some warnings. Did you know it's possible to appear to be serving very well, but somebody might be doing it to look good. They might be doing it for a leg up, to impress the boss, to further their own interests. They might be doing it so they can wear a badge, get pips on their shoulders. But as we say, status, status stinks. We don't serve to gain status for our own agenda. And some people, as you just mentioned with Brian, some people might be serving because that's what gives them a sense of identity. But our identity shouldn't come from serving, right? So watch out, and we can help one another if we see any of that creeping in. Following the letter of the law. Now here's an interesting one. Because some people in their diligence to serve well can become slaves to the rule. They can follow the procedure. They They have the process nailed. And that might look good. It might actually be quite a safe place because I'm following the rules. I'm sticking to the procedure. I'm doing what's needed. Can't challenge me. I'm following the rules. But that is serving the system. And God does not call us to serve the system. We're called to serve people. So watch out if serving becomes a matter of Nailing the process. That's not necessarily what's needed. And perhaps the easiest trap to fall into is simply doing the task. Now, I think we've probably all struggled with this at times. And this is really radical because out in the world, serving is about doing the task. It's about getting the thing done. You know, and we need to do the task, don't we? We need to get things done or else there's chaos. 
So we know the importance of getting the thing done. But if, if the task becomes the, the arbitrator, the ruling thing, then it will, it will overrule people. And, and what happens to our teamwork and our relationships if we're just smashing the task? We might also end up smashing the people. I, went, I was very privileged. I once went on a, a, a senior management course at Cranbrook, uh, uh, Cranfield School of Management, top management school, and they had this exercise that we did in teams. And um, it, it was billed as though, you know, the team that completes the task first and does it best is the, is the winning team. I remember it clearly. Uh, but I thought, there's something not right here. And I looked at the kind of tutors... And I could tell that they were watching for something different. And uh, they were trying to draw out the point, this kingdom principle, that sure, you might win the task, but you might lose your people in the process. You know, and, and the HR gurus and management people were recognising that it's not all about the task. It's about the people and how we do things together. So watch out for simply doing the task. Uh, next set of signs, <clears throat> stretching it a bit here, but um, these are the kind of signs that, that refer to the contents of a vehicle or the characteristics of a vehicle. Okay, <clears throat> be interesting if our serving was likened to uh, radioactivity, wouldn't it? That's, that's a dinner time conversation for you. Anyway, right, <clears throat> so contents are, are characteristics of serving. Well, as we've just said, we're about serving the person. Okay? We have to keep the, the person central in our serving. We serve as though we're doing it for Jesus himself. That's radical. It helps us keep a clean hands and a pure heart, doesn't it? If we're doing it for Jesus himself. It always comes back to love, Right? Day might talk about doing great acts of random kindness and giving sacrificially, but we've just got God's love behind it all. Because by this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you pray regularly. No? That you know the Bible inside out. No, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you... Love one another. Right, it comes back to love. Okay? And we serve sacrificially. Is it really serving if it doesn't cost us? Sacrifice is in the very heart of God, isn't it? Jesus said, if someone sues you for his shirt, for your shirt, give it to him. If someone forces you to walk a mile, walk a mile, right? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Ah. If someone wants your shirt, give them your coat as well. If they force you to walk one mile, go two. So if Susan babysits... Uh, who was the babysitter? Sandra was the babysitter. If Sandra babysits, and Brian goes off and does an airport run instead... How about Sandra says, oh, I'll just have to do it again. Yeah? 
And maybe next time he goes and does something else. Should she do it again? Right? Right? This is radical. This is radical. So, perhaps you're new amongst us. Uh, Perhaps you're feeling the challenge to make serving more of your lifestyle. What is the way forward? Well, I have sold my soul to Google, so whenever I need to navigate, I always use Google Maps uh, to direct my way forward. And those of you who use SatNav will probably uh, be familiar with a map which shows you um, your routes, but it also shows you alternative routes. And your routes may come up with a little warning, this route has tolls. Okay? So, when it comes to our serving right here, right now, you don't have to get qualified, you don't have to acquire more knowledge, you don't have to acquire more skills, you can start serving right where we are. If we're navigating somewhere, we can only start from where we're at. <clears throat> okay. Next, we have to be close enough to know what's needed. I think that's a difficulty with serving by kind of giving to charity sometimes. We kind of trust in that the right thing's done with it. But there's a distance there, isn't there? But serving people whom we know, if we're close to them, that's a different deal. Imagine navigating uh, with your sat-nav. Imagine your sat-nav was like 2,000 feet up. 2,000 feet up. You can't be sure, is it a left turn now or in a little bit further on? You've actually got to zoom in with your sat-nav, haven't you, to street level to know, now I turn, now I turn. Same with our serving. Get close enough to know what's needed. Serving is messy, right? It's going to be messy because it's, it's, about, it's about people. It's about sacrifice. It's about hearing God, and that means our plans will change. And that might mean there's a cost associated. So in our serving we have to be prepared to pay the price. And that could be time, skills, the stuff we lend out. could be money. But there's no excuse. This is far more radical than Seawood Day. And I'm excited by that because we've got a whole different basis, a whole different power behind us. And there's no reason why we can't crack on now. Okay, the, the, the Dear John section. I don't know if you've ever listened to News in Review, the BBC points of view, Neil, that's on a Saturday morning where people give their complaints and suggestions. Well, this section is about members of us, supposedly, giving our suggestions on what could be improved, and then we're going to hear John respond to it. Dear John, I've recently started to lead a setup team, and I've seen some ways we could be more efficient and not just in this team. I think we should have a skills survey of the whole church. That way, straight from the foundation course, people could be tested on their skills and attributes and register with the team most appropriate to their skill set. If we do this, people will be much happier serving in their given field, and we will waste less time training people or moving on people who have chosen a team they are not suitable for. Which brings me to the issue of time. One reason many people leave teams is because of the time it takes out of their day-to-day life. Recently, I've had to cover other people's setup sessions, 
which has meant leaving my husband with getting the children ready for church three weeks in a row. This means we start the service stressed and hardly creates a good state of mind for participating in worship. Once the skill set system is in place, it will be easy to track how much time people have spent serving and add up their hours. This can then easily be added to a time bank and the workers given appropriate time off. I suggest 25 hours equals miss one Sunday, 50 hours equals miss one Sunday at one prayer meeting or house group session, 100 hours equals miss all meetings for one month. But obviously, you might have other ideas. Yours, Sangeeta Pashari. appreciate uh, all these comments and uh, want to try and respond accordingly. I hadn't fully realised that meetings were a form of punishment. <laughs> and that one will have to be looked at in a separate setting to what we're looking at now. So I had an advanced copy of this. Um, but, uh, yes, it's functional. It kind of seems to streamline, but uh, just listening to what Anthony was saying... Uh, We've got to come back to the fact that relationship and belonging is, is far more important than completing a task. So much of the focus on, uh, on this uh, communication was about how we get tasks completed. And uh, it's, I think, a kingdom principle that tasks have to not just fit the person, but they have to be something which is going to develop that person as well. That there's a development in it. So the issue, first of all, of belonging. You know, um, we've often used the illustration. Uh, my, my earlobe does not have an apparent significant function. I have no plan to wear earrings, so I don't need it for that purpose. But you come and try and take it away, and quite a lot of me would engage in resisting you. Yeah? <laughs> so I think belonging, and remember that when God is describing in his word uh, how he wants the body to be, uh, his church, uh, quite a lot of it, uh, we see it comes back to this issue of first belonging. So people, not functionaries. We're not about getting, simply getting tasks done. Then, of course, the heart attitude uh, is critical. Um, and the heart attitude comes down to where we started off. Is this what is pleasing to God? Is this what God wants me to do? There are all sorts of reasons and pressures and things that can come upon us, but there's no substitute for the fact of, is this pleasing to you? Look, we can get the grace of God, that strength to help in time of need, we can get the grace of God, but only for the will of God. If I decide I want to work exceptional hours because I want to make more money, but that's not what God's given me to do. I can't then ask for the grace of God to do something which God is not giving me to do. So the grace of God is there in order that we can uh, pursue the will of God. And the Bible talks about 
through love serving one another. And, uh, yeah, again, the system might seem to be efficient, but God looks for the heart. See, we can get very focused on getting a task done, uh, but God's looking for a people whose hearts are open to him, uh, not just to get things done. And then the idea of uh, giving in order to get is so utterly contrary to the heart of God uh, that it cuts across. I know it's a very popular idea, particularly in respect of money, in a lot of the so-called Christian church today. But essentially, uh, the idea of if I give, I will get, is completely opposite to what God wants. He laid down his life. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a deal that he was done. Um, and uh, I'll look at that further about meetings being a form of punishment. Would anybody subscribe to that idea? Thank you, John. John Cole's very honest. He, we want to get you through that. So what we're going to do to help you get through, we're going to make more meetings, especially for you. Okay, right. Story time. Don't go too far, Dad. Grab a, grab a chair. Okay, so, as you know, we have our one-liners of our different stories. We've got nine serving-related stories for you. Um, give you a second to quickly read over those, and then I want to hear, what story would you like? Coca-Cola Creek and the Balancing Stick. Uh, when I was in Guyana, um, in the jungle, the, it was very hot, very steamy, and very little water available in the, the kind of commune where we were. And a special treat was made uh, available to us, and that is we could go uh, down to what was called, uh, called Coca-Cola Creek, uh, the reason being it was the colour of Coca-Cola. And... Uh, the idea was you could kind of have a wash. There wasn't any other facilities, so uh, you'd get wet, soap up, jump in, and, you know, it was great. The only problem was uh, the banks were very slimy. Um, but to get there, you had to walk across sort of felled tree trunks and bits of wood across the, the swamp. The swamp was so rich that the, the, the kind of saying was, if you fell in, you'd really, you'd want, you got it right up to here, you'd really want your leg amputated rather than try and clean it because the smell just lasted forever. Anyway, so the brother that was with me, uh, I, they had some balancing poles. You know, when you walk across something, you have a pole to help you. Uh, for some reason, uh, when they'd gone, there wasn't one for me. So, anyway, I managed. But on the way back, he decided to serve me. And he said, look, I'm more used to this. I was in Vietnam and, you know, and uh, so you have my pole. So he gave me his pole and that was helpful. I think he took about six steps and fell right in the swamp. 
Well, what was that teaching you in terms of our values? I think there was a sacrifice in serving. Uh, <laughs> there was a cost involved. Yeah. Okay. Ethan. Okay, baptized in vomit. Okay. I can't believe we came up with all these, but... All right, so I was in Dominica. I got one of these awful violent bugs things. And I was there with Mark McGrath. We were sharing this room. And this thing hit me so bad that I was basically passing out. And I called Mark and he came and laid hands on me and prayed. And it was a powerful prayer. And it had an... I was sitting on the loo, hanging on to a toilet roll hold off, draped over that. And uh, I vomited all over him. <laughs> it's a warm experience that he remembers. <laughs> well, what did that teach you? <laughs> Serving is not always convenient. It's not always pleasant. It's not always where you'd want to be, um, but it's serving where there's a need. Okay, Josiah. I vacuumed the stairway to heaven. Okay. All right, when we first were married, uh, we had a system that my wife, who, you know, I always told you I was going to marry someone with a sports car, and I, standing at the bus stop on my way to work one day, watching my wife drive off in my car, I realised it hadn't worked out quite as I'd intended. However, we had a system. She would come home from work and she would uh, drop the washing in the laundrette and then I would, I would get off the bus at the stop before and I would put it through the dryer and so on and so forth and she would come, she would be doing the meal, then she'd do the ironing, I would be doing the cleaning. We had a... Um, uh, I don't suppose you'd call it a flat where uh, we had shared bathroom and toilet and shared stairs and so on and so forth. So I'm doing this cleaning and I'm hoovering the stairs and I'm about six stairs and it's quite a long time ago but it was such a special time and I'm saying how much more of this stuff, this serving stuff have I got to do when suddenly... It, it, as a download directly from God, I saw serving as he sees it. It's a revelation of serving. It's recognising, this is not just about the task. This is about what's behind the task. This is about, through love, serving one another. And uh, it, it transformed. That's why when I talk about it, I talk about the revelation of serving, so that we live not focused on the task, but on the purpose, through love, to serve one another. And so the result of that, you've never let mum vacuum the stairs again because it's been such a <laughs> meaningful thing for you. Okay, Beck. Ken deals in top quality grass. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you know... Ken epitomises serving amongst us. And uh, after I had that accident, uh, he took over cutting the grass. And that was very kind of him, and he did that. But, you know, serving can go beyond just the basic. And he just, 
we'd ne- my grass thought it died and gone to heaven. I mean, it was, you've never seen anything like it. He cut the edges, he went different ways. He fertilised it. What did I learn? That in serving, we can do more than just do the task. We can, we can do it as unto the Lord. When you're doing something as unto the Lord, uh, it, it ups the standard very significantly. Okay, I think we've got time for a couple more. Heather. The disappearing and reappearing rockery. <laughs> All right, so on one glorious day, I decided that we would uh, build a rockery just outside the kitchen for my wife. And that this is, would be a delight for her. So that meant shipping a lot of soil across and... Uh, one of my sons, it's probably Daniel, <coughs> uh, or maybe even Nathan, uh, was engaged in bringing this soil across and bringing rocks across, and we got this lovely rockery, and she returned. And she said, what on earth is that pile of dirt doing there? <laughs> she was not blessed, she was not pleased, and... Long and short of it was that everything had to be returned there and then from where it came. What did I learn? Serving is not really just to please ourselves because we fancy doing something. Serving is for uh, somebody else and it's to please what they would want. Good. Okay, last story. Okay, I'm going to take Josh. They took Nathan's bedroom. Yes. Uh, we thought it was good because we've often had uh, people coming through, staying with us. It was good that the children learned that uh, part of the sacrifice of serving was that they kind of took it in turns to give up their room. And so uh, Nathan had the joy of being part of that and uh, having a turn to, uh, to give up his room. So sacrificing serving, uh, there's a cost involved. And it was good that they learned that as well as we did. Just my, my request. Can you tell us about the serving system that backfired? Yeah. All right, so it's interesting because it, it comes into what we were looking at with that, with that letter. Uh, we decided it would be efficient to have a, a system across the whole church, this many years ago, called Available to Serve. And everybody would put down what their skills were and uh, the idea was you could just call and uh, say okay. The problem was it was a disaster because it focused on the function not on the relationship. It was about getting jobs done not about uh, serving in love and I think what really put the nail in the coffin was when we found one particular character that was calling on all these particular tasks across the church as a free way of getting his house done up before he then sold it at a profit. So how, how do you learn from that without just giving up on serving? Yeah. We have to keep the focus and the emphasis not on getting a task achieved, uh, but on A, of course, what God wants, and B, that this is a personal thing. It's not completing a task. Serving is personal. Uh, we serve one another as unto the Lord. Uh, 
if Jamie's leading the youth ministry, he's leading the youth, he's serving in leading the youth ministry. In doing that, he's serving me as unto the Lord. So if um, in any task we say, no, it's, a, it's personal as unto the Lord. What do we mean by that? It's as though we are doing this for Jesus, not the task becomes secondary. Okay, thank you. Right, now, um, if you noticed a complete lack of Bible verses with Anthony's teaching, it wasn't because he decided to go off-piste. Um, he just was saving time. So he's going to put the Bible verses in the nutshell so you'll see where his uh, thoughts were coming from. So look for them there. Um, now, because I want to learn from the things that you tweeted, uh, is it okay that you can't ask questions? No, it's not okay that you can't ask questions. And so we're going to give you another minute because I want you to write down or text any questions that you have regarding serving. What have you heard today that has left you with a question? And your minute starts now. Okay. Right, so pass those uh, papers to your left if you've had paper or just finished texting in. Um, now, hopefully, re-looking at these values is stirring things with you. On Tuesday, we're going to have a workshop, and the workshops are our think tank, where we take the t- time to say, is our expression of these values still appropriate? Do we need to update it? Do we need to deconstruct and reconstruct? So please meet at Castle Point on Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the workshop. But um, you may want to respond uh, to some of the things that we're saying today. You might want to think about these things. So we keep coming back to the idea that God empowers us to live surrendered lives, which means service that's sacrificial, not just convenient. Which lives which are able to see the needs around. That might be your challenge. I just don't see the needs. When I hear those scenarios, all I can think is pray or all I can think is babysit. I don't see all of the other options. I don't see the needs that are in front of me. Our surrendered lives which are, are moved with compassion, not just guilt or process. Surrendered lives that are wise to respond appropriately to needs. Because not every need, it's right to respond in certain ways. There might be more appropriate ways to respond. Surrendered lives which reveal the Father's heart through serving. If you ever thought, I'm serving and serving and serving, but I don't see this person seeing the Father's heart behind it. I want to see a breakthrough. So these are things that you might choose to want to respond to. You might want to have people stand with you. Um, otherwise, if you've got any other reasons to come up for prayer, you're welcome to do that now. But apart from that... We're done. Next week, we're going to have the review Sunday. So please be putting on Facebook any questions you've got and start talking about where have you seen signs of the spirit of adventure taking root in this community. Thank you very much.